Hi, you've made it to the Infinite Unlimited. It's August 13th, 2022. And you can find us at comicsyllabus.substack.com. My name is Paul. So what we're all about here at the Infinite Unlimited is trying to read um, various comics universes and uh, kind of doing it in a budget way. <laughs> because if you have a Marvel Unlimited app, you know that three months after those comics come out on comic book shelves, they're there in Marvel Unlimited, along with this vast library. And um, on DC Universe Infinite, you get the same, except with a six-month delay instead. Um, but a whole lot of comics on those apps. So we'll explore those two big comics universes, as well as the um, other comics that are available to us via, if your library is good enough to be um, a, uh, a, a subscriber to Hoopla, and you're able to check out um, books and comics via Hoopla. We'll look at some other comics outside of those big two companies there as well. And uh, check out what's going on in the comics worlds that are published on Substack. Um, those are the places that for now we're looking at to explore these various comic universes to contemplate cultures and futures with critical hope. So let's dig in. And we're starting this um off on kind of a lighter week of, for new releases on the Marvel Unlimited app. Um, as you can see, there's a variety of stuff out and a lot of the digital-only um, series that have been a lot of fun. I definitely want to talk about that those in time to come. But just a um, runner-up to highlight before we talk about Giant Size X-Men number one, Thunderbird, is that um, issue five of Avengers Forever is up this week on Marvel Unlimited. And if you haven't been reading Jason Aaron's run on Avengers, um, this miniseries might be good to get a taste. Um, Aaron has been playing around with the idea that certain Avengers archetypes have been around forever. You know, your Odins and your um, Spirit of Vengeances and your, uh, your, your Phoenix Forces and so on. And so Avengers Forever imagines multiversal versions of superheroes such as a Tony Stark, Ant-Man, and stuff like that, um, assembling together to take on a big multiversal threat. Um, and in issue five, it's Dr. Doom as the Doom Supreme, lording over a bunch of dooms. Uh, this kind of story, of course, is popping up all over the place as multiverses multiply all over our media. But um, Aaron's playing with some of those ideas and it's kind of worth checking out and exploring with the uh, miniseries that is Avengers Forever. Issue 5 is now there on Marvel Unlimited. Over on DC Universe Infinite. Um, again, not a ton of new releases this week, but one that's definitely worth checking out uh, and our runner-up for the DC Universe Infinite pick is Monkey Prince, number one. Now, Monkey Prince, number zero, does exist on the app as well. It gives us a little bit of an introduction to this new character introduced by Gene Wen Yang and artist Bernard Chang. And uh, the Monkey Prince is a modern day superhero who is infused, I guess, with the reincarnation of Sun Wukong, who is a um, sort of a character of Chinese mythology, of legends, um, the, the book Journey to the West, um, kind of a classical Chinese story that um, was a character who filled my childhood bedtime stories and dreams and and so it's super exciting for me um, as a Chinese American but also just as a as a superhero comics fan to see um, Yang and Chang bring uh, monkey prints to life and so that's worth checking out on DC Universe Infinite app as well but a little bit later on we will actually be digging deep into 
Dark Knights of Steel issue four. Um, so that will be our DC Universe Infinite pick. But before we get to that, but I want to take us to the pick um, from Hoopla this week, which is uh, 8 Billion Genies, uh, issue four um, of an eight issue miniseries that is by uh, collaborators Charles Sewell and Ryan Brown. Uh, recently, they've wrapped up a series called Curse Words on image, in, in, uh, from Image, but uh, 8 Billion Genies is about um, a moment. <laughs> it's a very premise-heavy story, just like Curse Words was. But it's about a moment when all 8 billion people on Earth are each granted a genie who grants them one wish. And it's a story about the ways that the um, desires or wants of a world, a planet of people um, can come in conflict with each other, especially when they're all granted to each other. Um, and in previous issues, we've met various characters who find themselves in a bar, um, a bar that the bar owner has decided will be protected from the effects uh, uh, from the outside world of all, all these humans making wishes. Um, so it really becomes this interesting consideration of the the desires and wants of people as some of them uh, waste their wish right away foolishly, while others um, plan and strategize how to get the, the things that they want most in the world. I got to credit um, Sewell and Brown because uh, as much as their storytelling style may not be my favorite <laughs> or just yeah, i don't know not not exactly my cup of tea there is something in their premise that is both um fun and funny and humorous and um maybe a dash profound of something that they're really having us think about holding a mirror up to us as society in uh issue four and uh here i'm going to offer a spoiler warning um the uh one of the characters is uh, a father son who the, the father has made his wish to bring back his son's um, mother. Um, it seems like he's been a little bit lost in alcoholism and, and, um, and just kind of running from life ever since they lost um, his, his mother. And so his mother comes back and, and the son realizes that uh, uh, she won't stay as long as she's a figment of his wishes. And so he himself, this kid wishes, um, something that will allow him to protect and preserve both of them, which is that he makes himself into a superhero. Not a bad wish for a 12 year old to make. And as it turns out, he's not the only one. So as soon as he flies out of the bar, um, he meets these other superheroes who um, have similarly uh, decided to make their one wish to be able to um, protect um, the ones that they love the most. And as it turns out, that is um, maybe the deepest longing and desire is the the power and the ability to take care of and 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 preserve the lives of of that one that or those that that, that family that you don't want to lose because i i think one of the fun things about the premise is, is it you know that page makes you think it's a superhero book it really isn't because all of the different characters in the bar turns out their desires really pull them in a different direction you know on one hand um the kid dreams of being a superhero and and fights the, those people who made their one wish to become super monsters and super villains um on the other hand there is the um the 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 pair of uh uh the couple who decide that um 
preserving their lives in this kind of apocalyptic zombie like world um, is and taking care of themselves and their family is their one great wish. And in uh, the most impetuous move of anyone in the bar, um, one of the band members of a band who there who's there um, decided that she would wish for um, her bandmate who she has a, a bit of a crush on to fall in love with her. But of course, Everybody inside the bar is immune from these wishes because the bar owner has made that his own first genie wish. And so uh, kind of there's there's that human element of the, the drama of human desires of, I don't know, younger adult folks who who um, their wishes are all about kind of uh, love and fulfillment uh, with each other and relationships. And that's part of the story as well. And so the big revelation in issue four is really that, um, in fact, everybody in the world has had a chance to get their wishes fulfilled. And it really is a story that lays out in narrative time. Um, and then these stages of the people who, you know, got a chance to make a wish and impulsively asked for their first uh, desire. Uh, and then the people who uh, waited and then decided what was important to them and then uh, went after those. And then there's those who were planning and plotting for what it would take to survive in this very changed world. Um, but it really is a story about how even though we never will have each have a genie to have our wish fulfilled, uh, we do live in a world of dreams and wants and desires that on an individual level um, sound, uh, of course, are super important to each of us individually. But what uh, what happens when the, the world collectively, everybody's after their own motivations? And how does that um, lead to all kinds of conflicts. And I think that, um, again, <laughs> Sewell and Brown have touched on a premise that really gets at um, both a whole lot of humor and fun um, and terror, and also really has us think a little bit about, um, you know, how we live together and in, in, as, as human beings. There's a shout out in issue three to one of Charles Sewell's previous series, uh, Letter 44, and the president uh, from that from that story. And uh, the, that story asks similar questions. Seems like Charles Sewell is pretty good at stories that, that ask these questions. Um, they're almost lawyerly questions about uh, who we are as human beings and our motivations and drives. Um, so I think the interesting piece uh, in this series is I, as you know, we kind of keep watching it unfold is, is really kind of contemplating how our individual choices and desires and wants really result in some, some things that are problematic and some things that are heroic um, when uh, writ large and multiplied into the impacts on society. We're living in a day, this is the very weekend when Congress may be passing the Inflation Reduction Act and thinking about how the willful desires of, of um, individuals, corporations, collectives um, can lead to mass, uh, uh, you know, dis destruction as we're experiencing um, with our, the Im impacts of our anthropogenic era uh, within uh, um, uh, within our, our environment, but also how sometimes the, the whims and decisions of one person can be um, so powerful and so frail. Um, so what a time, <laughs> what a time to be alive and read stories like this. Uh, and that brings us back to Marvel Unlimited. Well, I want to talk about Giant Size X-Men number one Thunderbird, um, uh, part of 
the run of giant size X-Men number one issues that has been, you know, from this Jonathan Hickman, Krakoa era of X books. And, uh, you know, I gotta know, I you gotta say, I'm not like a deep um, mutant scholar. I know there's a lot of um, uh, uh, comics studies folks and writers and, and fans and huge community podcasts and, and websites that just, dig super, super deep into the mutants and, uh, and even in the current Krakoa, um, era, I've been reading it. Um, sometimes I have no idea what's going on, <laughs> but, um, uh, so I'm going to probably miss some details here, but these giant size X-Men, uh, issues all always sort of harken back to the Chris Claremont era of, um, of X-Men and Thunderbird is a character super significant to that era, mostly because of the quick and early exit that that character makes. It's the first X-Men to, to die, to fall. Um, and, you know, they're on the cover of that giant size X-Men number one, and then, you know, not, not um, going to live long, which, you know, Claremont for all of the um, sort of future thinking radical things that are part of the Claremont x X-Men runs. There's also some just really terrible things. And sometimes he says these days, some pretty terrible things. But um, one of the things is always like, hmm, why do we have the native character subject to killing so quick? Um, and so in the Krakoa era, um, with the ability of mutants combined powers to resurrect, uh, you know, mutants from past, um, Thunderbird has been resurrected. And, uh, and that's what this issue kind of brings us into. And, you know, it reminds us that there are a lot of characters that when, um, in that time, you know, Claremont and company were trying to bring in a global cast of these, uh, marginalized heroes who, uh, come from all different parts of the world. There's both the, um, wonderful aspects of representation and the parts where, boy, some stereotypes and biases, certainly slip in there, right? They certainly um, get flattened out in these characters. And so on one hand, you know, for readers at the time, there's something super, um, you know, kind of mind-blowingly um, expansive and representative about these stories. And the other, it's uh, still got a ways to go. And so much of our storytelling now is to try to um, exist in the universes of stories past and rectify some wrongs. Um, and I think, um, that that's a lot of what we need to do in our storytelling with these big ongoing universes. So this issue is interesting written by Steve Orlando and Nyla Rose. Nyla Rose is a, um, uh, a wrestler, a trans wrestler, uh, who, uh, has native roots. Um, and, um, I don't know much about wrestling, so I didn't know much about uh, Nyla Rose before this, but um, brings that uh, indigenous perspective as part of the heritage. And um, David Cutler, the penciler of this book, is also um, indigenous and kind of, we'll see in a minute, redesigned the character um, in ways that were, I think, truer and more honor honoring to um, their background. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, got... Uh, the creative team that is really trying to tell a good Thunderbird story. How did they do? Let's see. Yeah, I think right off the bat, um, when um, on Krakoa, the five that resurrect uh, John Proud's our Thunderbird, um, bring him back. 
there is a, I think, an important element that he returns naked um, from this egg, uh, <laughs> and uh, and that that sense that a lot of um, reconstruction has to be done with this character John Proudstar to um, make the story and the ongoing story of Thunderbird uh, part of um, a, a narrative of sur survivance as Gerald Visner has called it, like a, a narrative that is not just about the erasure, the loss, the genocide um, of native peoples, but um, also of how they continue to um, sustain and persist and survive. Um, that becomes uh, part of the, I guess, the, the fraught burden that this story is going to carry. And so at one point in a kind of callback, this story actually kind of reenacts the death of Thunderbird that happened in, I think it was like the second or third issue of the Claremont run of, uh, of X-Men. And, uh, to be in a sense that the entire character, the entire story, uh, in fact, their entire family, and in some senses, uh, you know, the ongoing, um, uh, presence of native people in, in Marvel universe and in mutantdom. Um, becomes kind of inflected by this initial trauma and story that um, this story does have to touch back on and it does in this kind of recreating fashion. Uh, as it happens, Thunderbird goes back home. He's Apache. He uh, encounters his grandmother. Um, and the whole question of um, whether or not you can, you know, return home uh, and whether you belong first to to Krakoa, which, you know, Thunderbird's making a choice not to, um, or you belong to your people or, or, you know, who's responsible for your survival in your life. Um, it, it can tell that it's kind of the tension that, that, uh, Thunderbird, John Prostar has to live and face and, and manifest in the form of who you're going to fight and which enemies are you going to take on. But, uh, in this beautiful rooftop conversation with, uh, his grandmother, who he encounters, she really brings a wisdom and an attitude to it as um, an elder who's encountered, who's experienced living in multiple worlds. Um, <laughs> and that experience, minus the mutant part of it, is, of course, uh, the story of so many Native communities. Um, so I, I think it's a story really beautifully told. Uh, and, and to fully appreciate what it's doing narratively, visually, um, they kind of shout out David Cutler's redesign of uh, the character. Um, as it reads, Cutler, a proud member of the Kalapu Wikmak First Nation, forgive me for pronunciation, and a very cool redesign that also, I think, you know, represents the kind of, uh, again, revival, resuscitation of these characters in a kind of re, re restoring project that um, so many creators uh, from marginalized communities have to do um, with our superhero narratives. And in doing so, it does something incredibly powerful and important to them. And speaking of restoring, um, Dark Knights of Steel is an Elseworlds saga that's um, trying to imagine the DC universe in a Game of Thrones type of situation um, with a medieval context and uh, what happens if actually um, uh, Kal-El, Superman, uh, escaped on that rocket, uh, not by himself, but in fact with his parents and they showed up in a, in a kind of medieval um, fantasy world and became kings and queens and uh, 
uh, as it turns out, the Bruce Wayne of that era, the Batman of that era, is uh, is his half brother. Uh, minor spoiler there for the first few issues of Dark Knights of Steel. Um, so it's a, it's an interesting Elseworlds saga where these same DC characters that are familiar to us exist and relate to each other in kind of a different configuration. Fun story, good stuff. Uh, and what it makes me think about is so many um, well told Elseworlds tales as tom taylor has been uh you know bringing us um both in dc and in marvel um is it really makes me think about the ways that um living in a different context enables allows for people to show up differently characters and personalities and 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 having a certain mission is uh is not just a matter of a person's individual path but in the world that they live in and so this issue is the fourth out of 12 um, with art by Bengal um, and uh, the, the usual artists in this series, Yasmin Putri has been phenomenal, fantastic. Um, Bengal ain't no slouch though. <laughs> so we get a little bit of a recap um, via ben Bengal's art of, of how we've been uh, seeing these alternate versions of these characters. Um, and as different kinds of secrets have been revealed about, as it turns out, um, Batman being Superman's half-brother, uh, we get some flashbacks into when they were kids because, uh, of course, past is is present. And so how they wind, wound up in uh, one kingdom in conflict with the kingdom of... Um, of Black Lightning, <laughs> this and and family as as kind of a, a an enemy and then an ally in uh, the Amazonians, um, but with uh, uh, you know uh, Diana, Wonder Woman, kind of switching sides and so on. All that background becomes a way of retelling these same characters again, um, but in a upbringing of a different context that that kind of reconfigures their relationships to each other. And so in this issue, this story becomes one of the choices and um, alliances that um, a character like like Bruce is going to make uh, given, uh, I, I guess, finding out new things about their, their lineage and heritage, um, as well as uh, there's a role for Alfred and Alfred's own story of being the last survivor in this kingdom of the last time, uh, you know, all out war happened. And so it, it's very games of throny, <laughs> very game of thronesy, very games, game of thronely and, and, uh, and throw, throws all the DC heroes in a similar way as I was saying about 8 billion genies. Um, if you imagine each character motivation, um, a world of character motivations that we've known well and carry over from other things that we've read, um, but recontextualize in a whole different world, uh, they kind of spark against each other in different ways. Totally fascinating and fun 12 issues miniseries that um, on DC Universe Infinite now you can read the first four and uh, jump aboard that with me. Tell me what you think about it. Mm, and that's what I've been reading on DC Universe Infinite, Marvel Unlimited and Hoopla this week. Um, I plan in the very near future to talk about Substack Year One. We've had now a year of Substack comics, um, and these are three that didn't come in that initial launch. Um, Sirens of the City from Glass Eye Studios, uh, Mike Dawson putting out some comics on, on his Substack, and then, of course, Love Everlasting from Tom King and Elsa Charretier, some of my favorites of Substack comics. So I want to talk about these and, of course, all the Chip Zdarsky, Jeff Lemire, 
uh, Andy Stevenson, oh, so many uh, other things that are out there uh, very soon as we come upon um, the time for those of you who jumped aboard Substack Comics early like I did to decide whether or not to renew those yearly subscriptions. It is time. So I want to do a little report card of Substack Comics in year one really soon here at the Comics Syllabus. And meanwhile, come to comicsyllabus.substack.com where um, the, I think the posts that I will be posting as uh, not as podcasts, but as written pieces will be, will be more about learning comics arts. And so continue to learn from creators and classes about uh, art and drawing and storytelling and narrative. And I will um, be doing those on the comic syllabus um, newsletter um, at comicsyllabus.substack.com. Meanwhile, we will be switching gears for the every other week episodes of the podcast um, that you can find here and also at multiversitycomics.com, uh, where comic syllabus for kids, teens, and in-betweens will be uh, uh, where I and uh, my kid, my daughter, co-host kid, uh, talk about comics for younger readers. Um, that will be uh, every other week. I think that'll be of interest if you are yourself into graphic novels for all ages, or if you're a librarian or an educator or a parent or guardian of um, a comics reader, we'll be talking about stuff that might be of interest to you every other week here at um, the Comic Syllabus or at Multiversity Comics. And uh, of course, the infinite unlimited is what you just heard. So tell me what you think. If you're a subscriber, you can leave notes in the comments at Comic Syllabus, um, the Substack, and uh, thank you so much. Let's keep reading. Hey, how you doing, Reading Jubilee? Great. Well, actually, I should, should I call you Reading Jubilee or Co-Host Kid? Uh, whatever. Okay. Well, I have you on here to announce some changes to um, the Comic Syllabus podcast, and um, this will be news for you, some of it. <laughs> <laughs> or it doesn't matter. I don't know if you care. <laughs> but um, the Comic Syllabus has been my podcast for a long time. Sometimes I have guests or interviews and co-hosts, but for the most part, it's been a solo podcast. And to be honest, it's been pretty hard to keep it going. Mm -hmm. I think it's less interesting when it's just me on the mic. So here's what I figured out. I want to talk about comics for young readers or comics in the classroom in a way that, you know, either um, young readers themselves, like yourself, or teachers or librarians or parent uh, figures, guardians might be, um, uh, you know, able to learn about some great books for, for um, kids or young adult Yay, readers. great books. Yeah. And then, uh, but I, I think... Um, I need a co-host. I would just love, I enjoy talking to you about those books a lot. So you are, this is the announcement. Da, 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 da. I think <laughs> that's probably too we try, loud. We tried to do a tabletop drum roll. Yeah. It's, it's okay. Probably like boom, 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 boom. You know what we need is little sound drops that we can, I, okay. can, I can edit in a yeah, little, yeah. little MIDI Kay. file. <laughs> What'd you say? Drum roll, please. Drum roll, please. Right here. <laughs> no, the whole point is we need to be quiet during the drum roll. Oh, sorry. <laughs> so I can cut out the silence. I missed all the cues. Let's try that again. Try that again. Drum roll, please. Okay. 
<laughs> the announcement is that you are my new regular co-host for the Comic Syllabus podcast every other week. Yay! <laughs> and we are to be found at comicsyllabus.substack.com and also uh, every other week at multiversitycomics.com. And then in between, for folks who may be interested in my takes about comics more, not necessarily for kids, I'm going to talk about uh, Marvel, DC, and, um, and other graphic novel and independent comics um, on a separate show, but still on this feed. And that will be called The Infinite Unlimited, and that will be a short video podcast. Awesome. when uh, it's just my voice by, my, by itself, by myself... I think it'd be much more interesting to have some visuals to look at. So Visual. those will be about eight to twelve minute videos that I will put together, separately, separate. <laughs> but the comic syllabus biweekly podcast covering comics for younger readers is you and me, baby. Yay! Yay. Um, well, do you want to say anything to introduce yourself? Well, okay. Uh, I'm co-host kid or read in Jubilee, mm-hmm. uh, or sometimes Dragon Rider. Mm-hmm. I go by all three. Okay. Um, co-host kid, aka read in Jubilee, aka Dragon Rider. Yes. Okay. On this podcast, I'm gonna be co-host kid. Okay, got it. Um, Your primary moniker. Yep. Yes. And um, I'm Paul's daughter. Yes. <laughs> and. I uh, like books. What, what age are you? Are you a teen, a preteen, a teen, a <laughs> pretty? I'm, I I am pretty. <laughs> I am. Yeah, I'm almost a teenager, so I think I'm in the age group that you're aiming for with these books. Yep. Yep. Let's give some examples of books that you've enjoyed lately that we can um, give listeners a taste of what we may be discussing in the near future all right all right so um i just i'm currently reading and i might talk about this on a podcast later with you i'm currently reading the squirrel girl novel squirrel girl (laughs) if you've listened to my me on this podcast Uh or even my own podcast before Uh um then You'll know that Squirrel Girl is like my number one favorite Marvel superhero. Sorry, there's an airplane going on overhead. I That's don't know okay. if you can Airplanes hear it. Airplanes happen. <laughs> what do you call? What are Squirrel Girl fans called? Squirrel Girlians. <laughs> Squirrel Girls. Like you know, Spider-Man fans are called webheads. Maybe. <laughs> Am I making that up? Nuts. <laughs> yes, you are nuts. I am. Can nuts. confirm. So They're, yeah. Yeah, because at. At, at the end of the issues, they say letters from nuts. So That's true. That would be you. I guess we're nuts. Um, uh, the novelization, or not the novelization, the novel uh, w- with Squirrel Girl is written by Shannon Hale. Am I correct? Mm-hmm. What's the title of that? Uh, Squirrel Girl, Who Runs the World? Squirrels. No, no that's, that's a, the comics. That's one of the comics. Um, the, um, Squirrel, you know it's true. No, that's another one of the comics. That's just the comics. Yeah. I think, I remember the second book is called Too Fuzzy, Too Furious. Oh, okay. I think. But you don't remember what the first one is. I don't remember what the first one is. Not, I can look it up. Not the fuzzy and the furious. <laughs> and then Too Fuzzy, Too Furious. By the way, do you know where that name comes from? Are you familiar with the Fast and Furious franchise? Kind of. Okay. It's a series of movies about cars. People in cars. People and their cars. Do you know what the cars wow. are like? What? Fast and Furious. Wow. <laughs> mm. 
Wow. And then oh, they, the first one is called yeah. Squirrel Meets World. Squirrel Meets World. Okay. All right. So we're big fans of Squirrel Girl here. Squirrel Girl here. Squirrel we're, Girl. We're big uh, readers of comics and non-comics and consumers of of a of affiliated media such as the recent Miss Marvel show. Yep. Who, which we Woo. just watched the um, Marvel Assembled. Is that what it's called? Yes. Yes. Those are always so fun. The other thing we I feel were like this one was especially fun. This though. one was especially fun. The Miss Marvel one was especially fun. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. Just like I love all the like graphics on the screen. Mm-hmm. It it just looks just great. And the the great. chemistry like Iman Vellani and uh, the guy that plays Bruno and and the you know the person who plays Nakia like they look like they're friends. Yeah. Like they look yeah. like they're having fun. Because they recorded this during the pandemic oh, and they all had to kind of live in the same apartment they, they talked about yeah. yeah they were in a bubble so basically they were like friends and family yeah. just hanging out dude that would be fun that would be fun hey season two of squirrel girl can we get a, a jubilee appearance yes. and uh have you <laughs> wait season two of squirrel girl i'm sorry what am i saying <laughs> season two of miss marvel That'd be fun. Season two of Ms. Marvel should be season two of Squirrel Girl. Oh my gosh, that would be amazing. Ha. We have Squirrel Girl, Miss Marvel, and then you can play Jubilee. Yes. Or a whole new character. Yes. All right. Um, yes. So Miss Marvel, uh, Marvel assembled the documentary on Disney Plus. That's fun. What else have you been reading lately? That is interesting. I have been reading. Hmm. Well, on my podcast, I. I went, I went through a bunch of different um, books that are not comics, but all around the age ranger mm-hmm. um, going for. Yes. Um, it, by the way, any friends of the podcast, as in like, you know, if you know me, if you know us, and you want to subscribe to Co-Host Kids Podcast, just hit me up. Let me know. It's a, it's a private feed, friends and family only, because Co-Host Kid is still a... Uh, yeah, a, a young a youngin. So we don't just blast that out to the public. No, but no. If you're not interested, young, let us know. Um, you know, you're a friend, and we know you're safe. We'll, we can add you to the subscriber list for yeah for Dragon Riders podcast over here. But um, yeah, co-host kids. So do you want to name drop some of those books that you've been reading that you talked about yeah. on your podcast? There's, There's the uh, Kiki Vandaways. What? No, that's a basketball guy. <laughs> There's. Kiki Kalira, which is two books, Kiki Kalira Breaks a Kingdom and Kiki Kalira Conquers a Curse. Uh Wow, say that five times fast. And they're, um, they just came out, so they're, most of these books just came out, so they're pretty new. Mm -hmm. The second book of Kiki Kalira literally, like, just came out. Mm -hmm. Um, It's a good one. It's a good series. Yeah. Then, uh, there's a not- a realistic fiction book called Not Starring Zadie Luis. Mm-hmm. Um, and then another realistic uh, fiction book called Stand Up Yumi Chung. Mm-hmm. And that's all the ones I've finished so far. I've started a couple other books. Mm-hmm. Uh, Race to the Sun, which is part of the Rick Reardon series. Mm-hmm. I, and I started... The Rick Reardon uh, Presents. Yeah, the Rick Reardon Presents. Sorry. Yeah. No, no, no. It's okay. The... Um, and then I started, what was it? Winnie Zang Unleashes a Legend. Oh, yeah. Winnie Zang Unleashes a Legend. We're going to name drop so many books on this yes. podcast. Yeah. We Do should look? just, instead of comic syllabus, you should just call it name drop syllabus. <laughs> Sometimes that's all the syllabus is. 
I was also thinking that we should rename this comics Silly Bus. Just like a silly bus full of two silly people reading a bus full of comics. Um, Wait, a bus full of people reading a bus full of comics? Speaking of those books that you read... Just there would to, be no space left in the bus. <laughs> just, just barely, you're hanging out the window of a bus full of comics. Just grabbing whatever is flying out the window and trying to read it before it all goes away. That's a good metaphor for what our lives are like. Um, there's actually been a lot of comics that we've read you probably just can't even remember, you know? Yeah. This is a while back, but the Arush, speaking of um, Kiki Vandaway, that series, which I remember the back of it was like, oh, for fans of Arusha, the Arusha series. Um, yeah. Which is another recruiter in Presents is being adapted to a graphic novel. So yeah, it'd be great, great to check in on those as they come out and other things. Also, I've talked about this a lot, mm -hmm. but um, in the vein of comics, um, book six, Wings of Fire, book six, Moon Rising is coming out in graphic novel form. Oh, that means this confirmed year, that they're going to do this, the ongoing yeah. um, Wings of Fire books and graphic novel. Thank you, Mike Holmes. Thank Woot. you, T. Sutherland. Woot, woot. Um, and what else have you read lately? Like, we read some, some different uh, wacky things. Like, I feel like... What was, oh, you read the Marvel Devil's Reign event uh, yeah. with me? <laughs> that was weird. We read that on, uh, on, on our tablets. I didn't understand what was to, happening Yeah. 30 billion percent of the time. <laughs> yeah. Well, anyway, we'll, we'll, we'll be reading a variety of things, and we'll be talking about it here on the comics. Silly bus. <laughs> so thank you for listening and um thank you co-host kid for being my regular co-host um you're a my favorite you know uh, no, no shade to all the other people that i've had on as friends and co-hosts but you are my favorite person to talk to about comics i'm a little biased you are my daughter uh and to be i think it's so much fun you're perfect you're the perfect conversation partner for the kind of books that I want to talk about. Books that, uh, you know, might show up in our classroom or just from the library on our reading shelves. So, yep. Thanks for I'm doing this. I'm your favorite co-host and I'm your favorite kid. <laughs> co-host kid. Face all around. All right. So, let's give some love to the readers and do you know do you know my tag tagline? No. Comic syllabus. Don't eat the chocolate. What? <laughs> Comic syllabus. Stay fresh. No, it's... <laughs> Let's keep reading. Have you heard me say that before? Nope. Okay. You want to do it? All right, everyone. Thanks for listening to this short little announcement episode of Comic Syllabus. Mm -hmm. And don't eat the chocolate. No. <laughs> don't eat the chocolate. <laughs> Let's keep reading. Let's keep reading. Thanks. <laughs> Don't eat the chocolate. <laughs>